If you brought your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We are three weeks into our journey into this great epistle that Paul has written, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I've been trying to uh, encourage you family members, uh, you regular visitors, that we have a CD uh, that is in the lobby, our very own Jack's voice reading through uh, the book of Ephesians. It's also on our website. Uh, If you want to, uh, if you're technically challenged like some of us and you want to have a CD, it's out there. Let me encourage you to pick one up. Um, For five bucks, it helps us with the cost. Uh, If you want it for free, it's available online uh, at orangewood.org. But we would love for you to be in God's Word. We're going to be here, Lord willing, for many weeks. And so uh, immerse yourself in God's Word. It really is life-changing. Does anybody want one of these? Don't all raise your hand at once, all right? I mean, wow. Andy, you can get one through BA. And so I'll give you that. So Bill Chapman, you won. Congratulations. You know, as I thought about this morning, I thought about uh, really when to tell you an update of the journey that God has Katie and me on. And and, uh, I thought to do it now just so that we can get to God's Word and we can study God's Word and not be distracted. And you're all sitting there wondering, is he going to tell us anything? Um, you know, it's amazing, a journey uh, with the words cancer in it, uh, what it does to your prayer life, uh, what it does uh, to your understanding of God. Um, I got to tell you, he is everywhere. Everywhere we turn, we see his beautiful, wonderful face. Everywhere we turn, we see loving arms. Uh, we're kind of living through Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. The eternal God is our refuge and underneath our everlasting arms. And we rejoice in this. Um, it's probably been the darkest we've ever had to experience. Uh, fear at times grips you uh, as you think of, of cancer. And yet the diagnosis that we continue to receive through tests and doctors is very encouraging, very contained, uh, uh, no lymph system involved. And so we rejoice uh, in that. And if you'll pray for us, pray for a few things. Continue to pray for Katie's healing. Uh, we want to say thank you for the incredible love and prayers we feel. We know you're banging on heaven's door for us, so thank you. Continue to do that. Um, it, it would be such a blessing. And our God hears prayers. Isn't that good news? Amen. Our God answers prayers. Uh, our God uh, uses our prayers to accomplish his will. Go figure. It's awesome. Keep praying. Also, specifically as you pray, uh, pray for just direction. We have two great directions in front of us for Katie's healing. Um, one way or another, and uh, uh, both of them uh, have great results uh, we're confident in. But if you could pray specifically that we would have wisdom in which direction we need to go to most glorify God, um, to most uh, uh, sing His praises, and most uh, receive His healing. There are two great paths. So that's kind of it. I wish cancer was more of an exact science. Uh, so grateful for the doctors. And one of the things I'm doing, I'm looking at doctors and saying, I want to thank you for all the parties you missed. I want to thank you for all the football games you said no to and all the times you studied when I was out there having fun. I'm so glad you did. Um, our own Barry Grow is our oncologist. What a blessing that a family member who loves us, uh, who's so talented and gifted, is walking with us and so many others. And I want to say thank you. Let's turn our our attention to God's Word now. Um, This is what gives us life, meaning, and hope. Uh, Our God is is such a good and loving God. And as we do, will you join me in prayer? Let us please uh, join our hearts together and pray together. Father, I pray that through the power of our living, loving Savior, Jesus, your Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would now 
turn our eyes upon Jesus. And the things of life will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. What is clear again this morning is that we need to hear Your voice, Jesus. We need to be comforted with Your Spirit. Father, we need to be reminded of Your love and strength and goodness. So speak through a broken sinner who trembles before You because of his weakness and sin, but who rejoices in the salvation that is mine in Christ. Come and do amazing work, we pray. Amen. I love the fact that when I meet different men, that they're family men. I love a father who's proud of his family, who wants to show me pictures of his family, of his children. And again, I know for family, and that's a theme that God has put on my heart, and repeatedly, Orangewood, I ask you the question or, or ask for the response. We are And it's important, we're God's family. What blessing and what rejoicing is ours because we are God's family. But for some of you, family is difficult. For some of you, when I say we are family, there's some haunting images. When we talk of God as Father, maybe you have had a father, an earthly father, that was anything but loving, anything but supporting. Maybe even some of your deepest wounds our family ones. So for some of you, when we say we are family in your gut, there's a churning because there's a pain there. And let me know, let me remind you that God knows that pain and that sorrow. But He gives us such a greater family. He gives us His family where there's just love and comfort and there's going to be pain, but not malicious pain. And our God is going to be with us. This week, is, uh, I had to, Katie and I met several doctors. Uh, one of the radio, radiologists the, uh, that we met was so proud of his two boys, Stephen and Adam, that right in the midst of the exam, he wanted to pull out his wallet and he wanted to show us the picture of his boys. I think they're two and four. You know, and I glance at the picture and they were cute boys, but really I'd rather look at the dad and just watch a dad beam. Watch a dad just be so grateful for his sons, those who bear his name. And that's really kind of where I want to draw my attention. It's interesting because even as a preacher, as I do weddings, and when the bride comes and all of her beauty down the aisle, what I love to gaze at is as the bride and beauty that she is, but also the husband the groom, and to see the wonder. It's like that same wonder as we show pictures of our kids. I went to a surgeon's office, and he's got his kids cut out. Really cool, kind of like, they almost look 3D, cut out like on styrofoam in their pictures. And there they were, lifelike for display for everybody to see. A father loves to show his pictures of his family. And I'm no, I'm no different, really. Uh, I love to show pictures of my, is that not a beautiful family? I mean, wow. Is God not good? I have one on my phone, and and any chance I get, I want to show people it's my family. And and I'm in awe that God would give me such incredible blessing of my kids and their health and the family. It's what fathers do. 
It's what good fathers do. They're proud of their kids. And they love to show the pictures to the world. I got such great news this morning. Our Heavenly Father is a father who loves his family. And he loves to show the picture of his family to the entire world. And you ready? We are his family in Christ. And he delights in us. And he delights to show our picture, who we are in Christ, for the whole world to see. Because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his masterpiece. And he loves us. And he loves to display us to the world. He delights in us. Let's let's just rejoice in that reality and that fact. That we have a family God. A God who loves and builds a family. And loves to show our pictures to the entire world. To understand the picture of God's family, we need to do more than just go back in time. To understand the picture of who we are in God's family, we need to go all the way back before there was time. Before there was time, because Scripture tells us it's before God created anything. Before time was even in existence, God, the family God, decides to make a family for Himself. We think about those moments in Scripture that give us a conversation that God has with Himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, before time begins, the counsel of God, we hear a few voices echo into time. The voice of God saying this, let us make man and woman in our own image. Let us give of all the things we create, mankind, humankind, the greatest gift, our image, our reflection, Let us make them for relationship with one another. But most importantly, let us make man and woman for ourselves. For us to enjoy them and for them to be given the greatest gift that God could give anyone for us to enjoy God. To know God. And to love God. And so Genesis 1.27 echoes into our ears as we hear God declaring, let us make man in our own image. Male and female. But as we read through the Bible, as we see that there's other conversations that have taken place in the council of heaven before man was even created. And it's this, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, each person in the Trinity, deciding, let us not just make man in our own image, but let us redeem and rescue man when he falls. And let us bring him in to the family. Let us recreate man in Christ when he spoils himself because of sin. Let us redeem man through the blood of Christ. Let us rescue man. Let us restore men and women to be who God intended them to be. Let us recreate this family of God in the image of God. So let's turn to God's Word because what we're going to turn to is really looking at how this picture took place unbelievably, we're going to see that before time began, God made a decision to love sinners like us. Is that good news? Before time began, before we even sinned, He loved us. And He knew He was going to rescue us. Interestingly, I'm going to be reading out of God's holy and errant word, Ephesians 1, verses 4-14. through And in the Greek, this is like one run-on sentence. Paul is so ecstatic of who we are in Christ, and he's so ecstatic about each person of the Trinity working to rescue us that he just 
runs on with a sentence. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful picture of who we are. But let's be mindful that this run-on sentence in Greek is inspired. It's, it's holy. It's without error. It's never going to lead us astray. I'm going to pick up in verse 3 because it's going to set the context. We looked at this last week. Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He, now this is a lot of pronouns here. This pronoun here is the Father. Even as He chose us in Him, that is the Son, even as He the Father chose us in Christ, in Him, when? Before the foundation of the world. That we, sinners like us, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. That phrase, in love, is very difficult. Uh, theologians will wrestle with, is that come that He chose us to be holy and blameless before Him in love? Or in love, He predestined us. And I believe this is the emphasis either way, that it's loving. It's loving that God picked us as family. It's loving that He's rescued us. It's loving that He decided to redeem sinners like us. In love, He predestined us for what? For adoption through Jesus Christ. Why? According to the purpose of His will. To the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. The Beloved Son. Maybe you hearing the Beloved, you think of Jesus' baptism and you hear the Father say, this is my Beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Maybe you remember the Mount of Transfiguration again when the Father declares, this is my Beloved. And all the love the Father has for the perfect Son, the unmade Son, He puts on us and calls us beloved. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has blessed us in the beloved. In Him, in Christ, we have redemption purchased us through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, our sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He's lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of His will. What a mystery! That through Christ, sinners are made saints. According to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now we have the third person of the Trinity, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Pray with me again. Father, to the praise of Your glory. Son, to the praise of Your glory. Holy Spirit, to the praise of Your glory. Continue to speak.
reveal what it means to be a part of your family. And God, if there is one here this morning that is outside the family picture, may today be the day that they understand who they can be in Christ and give their life to you. For the rest of us who by your grace and your design and your will and your purpose for your glory who are in the picture, show us how glorious you are to allow us to be in there. And may we truly be holy and blameless. In Christ's name, amen. What we're going to do is, uh, the title of this sermon series is Making Known the Mystery. It's a phrase that Paul uses throughout the epistle that there's an incredible mystery here that the Creator God of the universe who is holy, who is without sin, He loves sinners like us. And He, through the work of His Son, makes sinners like us holy. He calls us saints, blameless in His sight. That this mystery that God is uniting all things together in Christ This mystery that God is a family-loving and family-establishing God. I mean, God is is oftentimes and rightfully so feared because He is all-powerful, all-glorious. And yet when we see God reveal Himself to us, we have such great joy knowing that our God is a family-loving, family-establishing God. And that we can be in the picture We also will see through Scripture that each role of the triune God, the Trinity, has a role, a specific role in accomplishing family, rescuing family, sealing family, each one to the praise of our great triune God. Bufa. B-U-F-A. Bufa. For some of you right now, you know that phrase, your heart's beating a little faster, you've been through an adoption experience, and maybe you watched your son or daughter be born, and before they were legally born, and before they were legally, not legally born, before they were legally yours, they might have been given the title Bufa. One of my dear friends and his family adopted a beautiful young boy that I love watching grow up, and I had the privilege of reading the story of his adoption. And I was introduced to the phrase Bufa. Baby up for adoption. A nameless baby. A nameless baby who would be born, not given a name, but simply referred as a title. Bufa. Baby up for adoption. And through a legal process and through an incredible love from a home of a mother and father and from a son in this story, they embraced this child and no longer is it known as Bufa, but instead it's known as the family name. It has all of the legal rights and ramifications of being a family member. What an incredible blessing that is. And there's an incredible mystery in God's Word that you and I deserve to be, all of us deserve to be Bufa. Babies up for adoption. Even worse, babies that are up for God's wrath but instead are legally, through the work of God's Son, legally brought into God's family. He knows us by name. He knows the hairs on our heads. He loves us. And in Christ brings us into the family. 
Let's look at the Trinity. Let's look at each role that each one plays. So here we have a picture that I want you to get in your mind's eye. God is taking out His family album for us this morning. And He wants to see that you can see your picture in the family album. And the Father is taking out the family album and He's opening it up for us. And He wants us to begin by saying, I planned this before there was even time. I was thinking about you before I created anything. I set a love on you that is eternal. And now I'm going to open up the family album of God and show you a mystery beyond all mystery that each person in the Trinity, God used to make sure that sinners like you and me get in the family album. And we should sing glory and praise to the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because each one is used as God opens up the family album to say, here's how you got there. Let's start with the Father. The Father who chose a family of God. A Father who chose the family. The family of God. Again, theologians will call a covenant of redemption before time began that the triune God enters into a council and decides that, that God is going to rescue sinful man. That the Father is the initiator of this. He's always the initiator. And He, with agreement through a Son who's obedient, says, I will go and I will become flesh. And I will seek and save the lost. And I will die a death on the cross. And I will be raised from the dead. And the Son will accomplish this. And the Holy Spirit will apply this. Before time began, God entered into a, a covenant with Himself of redemption. Choosing his family. So what we want to begin with is this. God is the one. The Father is the one who initiates this. God is the one who planned this. God is the one who made this happen. A few years ago, we were given a a golden retriever dog by the name of Abby. For those of you who are named Abby, we didn't name it. I'm sorry. Um, Always wanted a dog that can fetch things. Always wanted a dog that I threw something, um, they would bring it back. I always wanted a dog that would swim and get in the pool. She does all those things and drives me nuts right now, all right? I mean, she always wants to bring things back, always wants to play, and always wants to be in the pool. But we get this beautiful dog. Uh, who gives away golden retrievers? Now I know. Um, and beautiful dog. And we get her. And about a few weeks after we get her, we say, man, this dog's getting fat. I mean, she's getting fat in one area. Why? And now we're so bright in the Jake's house, we have no idea. We're thinking we fed her something different. She's had a litter of pups already. So we call up the owner and say, why is this dog getting fat? And they said, oh, no. We thought we kept them apart. Who? Who are you talking about? Thumper. We, we, we had the dog named Thumper. And we have a dog named Abby. And we thought we kept them apart. And I guess we didn't do a good job. Sure enough, a veterinarian says, our dog is expecting. A few years ago, we had an incredible litter. We had a National Geographic special in our family room. As we're watching her give birth and this amazing process and clean her puppies. And wow, incredible. Um, I loved it because Katie was the first one was born and I'm getting in trouble for this. She was standing at the door, like barely looking in. Is everything okay? You know? And uh, by the last one, she was the only one up and still providing motherly care uh, for the seventh one. But we had a litter that we were going to pick, keep one. And uh, we picked Knox. I named them all. I gave them all like John Knox, John Calvin. I mean, I had all these reform. I had Spurgeon. You know, we had Moses. Um, we had the most godly dogs you've ever seen. Um, but we watched them. And really, Katie is the one who watched them the most. She just watched them to see, which one am I going to pick? 
Because doesn't a master have the ability to do that? And so she watched and she picked the most docile dog. I mean, some dogs are good fighters and some dogs are good lovers. Our dog's a good lover. He's not much of a fighter, but he is so docile. And he's just perfect for us. And so we have the privilege of being master of picking a dog named Knox. But let us ask, what was God's decision for picking us? Because doesn't a master have the right to pick? And if God is master and king, doesn't he have the right to pick and choose his family? And sometimes you want to say, well, it's not fair. I mean, I should be the one who chooses God's family. No, 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 no. God is the one who's God. And God does what God wants to do. And God is master and king and Lord. And he is the one who decides who's in the family album and who's not. God is the one who puts his family together. And here's why. It's according to his will and purpose. It's a mystery, but it's according to his will and purpose, not ours. His and his alone. We picked Knox because of certain characteristics. He picked us out of a mystery. It wasn't because we're good. It wasn't because we're going to be good. It wasn't because we're a good lover, a good fighter. I don't know why it's a mystery. None of us deserve to be in the family album. God being holy and just could open up a family album. It could be blank. It says none of you deserve it. And it's true. The mystery of all mysteries is not who chooses or why some weren't chosen. The mystery beyond all mysteries is why a holy, loving God would choose any of us. But he's God and he did. And he has the right to. And we got to realize why he did what he did. It's not anything because of us or anything in us. Let's look at the why, the when, the why, and the for what. When. Well, in verse 4 it says this, before the foundation of the world. Before time began, God makes this decision. Before time began, therefore we know that it's unconditional. I mean, time hadn't even started yet. And God decides to say, I'm making a family album and it's going to include every tribe, tongue, and nation. And I'm going to pick from every tribe, tongue, and nation of the entire world to be my family. And I'm going to set a special love on them. And I'm master in God and he can do that. But he did it before time even began. So we know that it's unconditional. Well, why? Why would God do that? Well, in verses 5 and 6, it says very clearly, according to God's will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Why? Because it pleased him to do so. According to his will, his counsel. He didn't enter into a covenant with us in relationship with us and say, what do you think about this? You think I should do this? No, God, according to, he's the wonderful counselor. He doesn't need any input. Man, it's just so right where we're going through right now. We get so much information and we realize that Wisdom is is so fleeting. And we are so thankful that God is in control and his good counsel and will. According to the praise of his glorious grace. Listen, it's in love he did this. It's throughout this entire process. In love, in love, in love I did this. But why did I do it? So that you and me who have this incredible blessing of being loved by the Father, we can sing His praises. It's for His glorious grace. So every time He takes out the family album, and every time we get a glance at our picture is in that, we say, praise you, Jesus. I don't belong. But I'm in. Because of the work of your Son, and because of a mystery of a loving God who would love sinners like us. Why? Because of His will. Why? 
for the praise of his glorious grace. And for what? This is something that's incredible. He has chosen us in Christ for adoption, for family through Christ. For what? For us to be holy. In verse 2, it says, Holy, set apart, his chosen. Of all the creation, it's all his, but set apart is his family. For what? For us to walk like family. For us to be blameless, living like family. That's the Father. The Father who chose the family. Now here's the Son's role. The Son who redeemed the family of God. Or the Son that rescued the family of God. Or the Son that bought back the story of the family of God. There's a familiar story preachers have told to explain what redemption means. Purchasing us back is really a good translation and a story that illustrates this pretty well is this. There's a boy who made a boat, loved the boat, incredible talented young man, was able to get a boat that could float and spent so much time creating and carving and getting the sail and, and had such delight bringing it to the water's edge and, and such delight watching his creation take to the waves. But one day it got away from him. One day the wind was such and the current and the tide was such that he lost his boat to much of his dismay, thought it was gone forever. Went to a local, went down Main Street, and guess what's in the front window? But his boat. Someone found his boat. There was his boat. He created. He made his boat. And now it was for sale. And he tried to negotiate with the store owner. Hey, that's really my boat. I made that. I created that. He said, no, no, it's my boat. Finders keepers, losers weepers. You want your boat? You got to pay for the boat. So he earns money cuts grass, does chores so he can go and buy back what he created. Scripture tells us that Jesus as the second person of the Trinity is the creating agent of God. He creates all things. Think of Genesis 1. How did God create all things? Through the spoken Word. He spoke the Word. What does John 1 tell us? The John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that all things that were created, all things that were created were created by who? The Word of God. What else does John tell us? Well, this Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the Lamb of God, and we beheld the glory, the glory of God. Colossians 1, 1, uh, 15 through 20 tells us that in Christ, all things were created by Christ, for Christ, through Christ. Nothing was not, that has ever been created has not been created by Christ. Jesus is the one who has created all things for Him, held together by Him. And Jesus is the one who not only created all things, but in the fullness of time, He's the one who unites all things to Himself. Jesus is the one who buys them back. So we open up the family album. And we realize that of all of creation, all the, all the stuff around in the family element, all been created by Christ, for Christ, in Christ, for the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All things are created by Him. We open up the family album and we realize that all things are purchased again, bought back by Him. See, we were lost. We were held captive. And the blood of Christ was paid and shed so that we could be set free, so that we could be twice Christ. Twice made in his image and redeemed through his blood, sing praises to the glory of the grace of God. 
That is why we are twice His. Through the fullness of time, Christ has come. In the beginning of time, He opens up He opens up the beginning and says, I'm going to tell you about the council of what happened. We planned to put your picture in here. And now Paul tells us about the fullness of time. We turn to the tab of fullness of time. And the fullness of time is Jesus becoming flesh and dwelling among us and rescuing us to make us a part of the family. Through His blood, we have forgiveness of sins. Do you need your sins forgiven? Do you need cleansing? According to the riches of His grace, He offers that for us. And now the Holy Spirit. We've seen the Father who chooses. The Son who redeems and buys back that which was His already. And the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who unites us to the family of God. It calls, uh, Scripture here says it's a seal of authenticity. Are you in the family? Are you in the picture? How do you know if you're in the picture or you're not? Well, the Holy Spirit is a gift that God gives to all of His own. The Holy Spirit is a gift that all He gives to everyone. You don't have to pray for it at different times in your Christian life. If you are a born-again believer, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, immediately you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here's what it is. It's a seal of authenticity. Every one of us in the picture has a seal that says that is my family. They're authentic. They're truly mine. How do you know that? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of them. I know that that is my family. It's authentic. I have uh, the privilege of doing many weddings. I also have the blessing of doing funerals. And again, at these gatherings, oftentimes you're around a lot of people and I'm asked, hey, are you part of the family? And sometimes I love saying, oh no. And sometimes, that was funny, come on. Sometimes I love saying, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm just officiating this deal. But most of the times I say, man, but I love this family. Well, how do you know if you're really a part of the family or not? Well, part of God's family is he opens up the book to us. Do you have the seal of the Holy Spirit? Not only is it a seal of authenticity, it's also this Holy Spirit allows us, sinners like us, to have family resemblances. Just this week, uh, I had the privilege of having dinner with my family. I had three of my kids sitting across from me at a table. And Katie and I looked at them and said, look at how much they look alike. Look at that. Isn't it amazing that there's a family resemblance? And sometimes, you know families who talk alike? They kind of have the same accent, the same uh, mannerisms, idiosyncrasies. That's what families often do. Sometimes we're embarrassed of those things. We never have to be embarrassed of God's family. You see, His Holy Spirit is inside of us to make a family resemblance more clear. Because Paul writes in Ephesians 5.1 that we are to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Because we're dearly loved children, we're supposed to imitate God. We can't do it on our own. And so this Holy Spirit is given to us to allow us to walk and talk like these pictures that God displays to the world. For us to be holy and blameless in His sight. You see, the Holy Spirit is given to us for a family resemblance. It's also given to us so that we have the power to act like family. The power. We're so broken. We're so sinful. We can't do it without Him. Listen to what Acts 1.8 says this. says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. This is where we get the word martyrs. Interesting. You will be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Here's what Jesus promised. He says, okay, I'm going to give you a gift. It's a gift of authenticity that I'm really yours. 
and you are really mine. It's a gift of authenticity that will never change my mind about you. I'm going to give you the gift, and it's going to seal you as a true family member. No one will rip your picture out of this book, family album. Bob, I'm going to do more. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to empower you through this Holy Spirit so that you can really tell my story. You're going to be my family, Orangewood. You're going to be my family, Christian. You're going to be my witness. And I'm going to empower you to tell others about how great it is to be in God's family album. To the praise of His glorious grace. Are you in the family? Are you in the family picture or not? I mean, here you're here today. You're either going to be Bufa, baby up for adoption, or you're going to be part of the family. Let me encourage anyone here who's not sure. You don't know if you're in the album or not. God says, for all who call on my name, I'll never drive out. If God is giving you the desire to be in the family album, you're His. And come and acknowledge your sin before Him. Embrace Christ as Savior. Ask God to forgive your sins, those trespasses, and join the family. Find your picture in the family album of God and rejoice. For those of you who are family members, God intends you to live your life holy and blameless. We're not in the album just to get in the album and then go do whatever we want to do. we got to be family that acts like His family. Holy, set apart, blameless, pursuing holiness, pursuing things that honor God. Family members, are you living for the praise of His glorious grace? Is that your goal? Your primary goal in life should be that. Bring God glory. Make others love His name. Make others want to have their picture in His family album. Live your life to the praise of His glorious grace. For those of us who believe, for those of us who have our face in the picture of God's album, we're going to, in a few minutes, recite the Apostles' Creed. Will you do it with joy? Will you do it with just 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 knowing that your face is in that picture book. Let's join our hearts and our, our words together. We read, I love the, uh, the creed that we read earlier. For those of you who hear the word Catholic and think, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't think I was in a Catholic church. That doesn't mean Roman Catholic. When you hear Catholic and creeds, it means universal. What it's saying is this. We believe that the church, all those family members, this is what we believe. So, Are you in the family picture book? Are you in? If you are, sing praises to His glorious grace because it's all about grace. Let us pray. Father God, we thank You that You have chosen a family for Yourself before time began unconditionally just because it was according to Your purpose and will for the praise of Your glorious grace. But Father, it found a sinner like me. You set a love on sinners like us before time began to be a part of Your family album. And we rejoice. Jesus, You created us. And not only that, You purchased us. We're twice Yours. What an incredible Savior. Thank you for taking on flesh, eternal God, for becoming and continuing to be both God and man. 
so that we can have our sins forgiven through the shedding of Your blood on that cross. Thank You for overcoming our greatest enemy, death itself, by raising from the dead. And Father, we thank You for the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that is now ours as a seal of authenticity and His power to live in a manner worthy of Your family, holy and blameless. Father, to anyone here this morning who is yet to be in the picture, that doesn't see their face, Father, be gracious. Bring them into this family album. They're already there if they're yours. Show them. And Father, for those of us who are there, by Your grace and design, may we now live to the praise of Your glorious grace. Amen.